This week on Viewpoints. Keeping it clean, keeping it simple, just the facts. What is it that a smart professional would need to know about what's happening in the world today? We've heard of snackable social media content. What about snackable journalism? Then... Kids are curious, so it's just natural inclination to just, oh, let me just Google this word I heard that I don't even know what it means, or something silly with my friend. The tips your kids should know when getting a cell phone. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Join Macy's and Hispanic Federation to support student growth and mentoring now during Hispanic Heritage Month. Now through October 15th, you can help empower youth through education and training programs when you donate online to Hispanic Federation or round up your Macy's store purchase up to 99 cents and donate the extra change. Give back today, shop Hispanic and Latino owned brands and find out how we're creating brighter futures for all at macy's.com purpose. She posted about us just now. Celebrities can't get enough of Biana's bespoke skincare line. She has 147 million followers. How do we monetize? She needs a social media associate to help her with the hype. We should repost this. Do we need a hashtag? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Shorter, quicker, snappier. This is what many Americans prefer these days when looking to catch up on the news. With all of the different forms of content vying for our attention, it's no surprise that our ability to focus is dwindling. Take TikTok, for instance. The short-form video app now has more than 1.3 billion users. That equates to 18% of the world's population. You can find any type of content by simply searching the platform. Need recommendations on where to eat if you're visiting L.A.? Want updates on the war in Ukraine in under 60 seconds? TikTok has it. The popularity of user-generated news content on apps like TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook have only further blurred the lines of who exactly is a journalist. In fact, TikTok is now the fastest-growing news source for users ages 16 to 24. To compete with shifting consumer preferences, more traditional media outlets are tailoring formats to resemble these platforms. One example of this is the success of media company Axios. In 2016, three former Politico journalists banded together to fill a niche within media that they believed was missing. When we looked at the data, you could see that most people were not reading traditional news articles. They weren't reading the thousand page articles. They were actually just reading about 250 words. And we realized that things were really changing in terms of communication, in terms of news. And what was happening was people were overwhelmed with all the information that was coming at them. That's Roy Schwartz, co-founder and president of the news platform Axios. Schwartz, along with other co-founders Jim Van de Hei and Mike Allen, recently sold the company to Cox Media for $525 million. In the wake of the sale, the trio has also released a new book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. 
While Axios started off small six years ago, today it's widely popular for its unique style of concise and clear formatting. Similar to what's popular on social media, each story on its site is easily digestible and can be consumed in a matter of minutes. The idea was, let's fit the information that people need on one or two screens of their phone, because most consumption at that point, 80% of consumption was on the phone. When you're reformatting content for the phone, it's very different than what it was for a computer or what it was for print. And so that made us create bullet points. It made us create what we call axioms, which are little beginnings of paragraphs that help people follow the content. It helped us break content up into separate sections and add images to each of those sections. These parameters were originally created for news articles, but are also applicable to other fields outside of journalism. It applies whether you're creating content for social media or drafting an email newsletter for a brand. We often recommend that you think about the person, an actual person, that's at the center of your audience, like who are you trying to reach? And the more you can picture a person, the, the more likely it is that you're going to write in a way that's more approachable for that person. The other is to use smaller words, right? One or two syllable words are much better. They're punchier, they're more memorable. And longer words, in some cases, can alienate people. And so using one or two syllable words is better. Use words that you would say, not words that you write. When we sit down and type, we use words like aforementioned. You would never use that. Like if you and I were talking, we would never say that. So don't use language that you wouldn't speak when you're writing. And then when you're done writing, read it out loud. If it doesn't sound like something you would say in real life to a person, then don't write it that way. A lot of people write in corporate speak, and it's just not a very good way of communicating. This format is also transferable when crafting a speech or presentation. Pretend you're giving a talk at an annual work summit. You really have to think about how do I break up what I'm saying? And what we tell people is in a speech, you'll be lucky if they remember one thing. So what is the one thing that you want them to remember? And make sure that you repeat that several times. Make sure that everything around it reinforces that position and you can keep coming back to it. And then actually tell them at the end, this was the one thing that I wanted you to take away and tell them at the beginning, this is the one thing that I'm going to want you to remember when I finish. That helps because most people only remember one thing from a speech. At the end of the day, Schwartz says it's all about efficiency. Everyone's busy, and there are so many distractions vying for people's attention. If a speech, article, or video fails to engage someone in the first five seconds, it's likely they'll lose focus. When I look at my kids, I can see that they don't even like watching long videos anymore. They love YouTube and TikTok. They want to watch short, quick videos. They have very short attention spans. And I don't love that, but that is the way that the society seems to be trending. And so in that, you know, how do you evolve how you communicate so that you can still break through? And not everyone prefers this short form news content. Schwartz says it's just one of the many formats out there. There's still a need for long-form content and investigative journalism. This new style is simply here to meet shifting consumer demands. On Axios, readers have the option to dive deeper into a topic if they're interested. As an example, you know, back when uh, they were talking about changes coming up to, uh, you know, a bill, right? It might be important for most people to understand the top, the very like short part about, well, how's that going to impact my life? 
There are other people that really want to get into the nuance of you know, what that change, what that policy change might be. That's where a go deeper can be very effective, right? Click on the link, learn more, go deeper. And if you visited the Axios site to read one of these articles, you wouldn't just see organized text, but also an array of unique visuals. In today's print and digital media landscape, pictures or videos are equally as important as the text that it's paired with. We think that each item should have an image. And so you basically, as a human, you scan better, you read better, you absorb better if there's an image and text rather than just blocks of text. Today, this smart brevity model has proved to be a success. But six years ago, when Axios started, it was seen as a big gamble. I think a lot of people thought that we were going to fail. We were very convinced that people needed something that was much more efficient, that they were overwhelmed, and it turned out to be right. I wish I could have told myself I would have been right. I probably would have slept a lot more and worried a lot less. So I'd probably go back and do that. Looking ahead, the company is now expanding to smaller markets. In an era where many local newspapers are faltering, Schwartz says it's important to keep this medium alive through new sources of capital. In effect, Axios has launched Axios Local, a newsletter initiative that's set to provide local news to 50 cities and regions across the U.S. by next year. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Roy Schwartz, visit viewpointsradio.org. Find out more about Axios and their smart brevity format at axios.com. Also check out the book Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less, available online now and in local bookstores. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, new research shows that by age 11, 53% of kids have their own phone. Is that too young? When Viewpoints returns. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for postmenopausal women or for men with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Join Macy's and Hispanic Federation to support student growth and mentoring now during Hispanic Heritage Month. Now through October 15th, you can help empower youth through education and training programs when you donate online to Hispanic Federation or round up your Macy's store purchase up to 99 cents and donate the extra change. Give back today, shop Hispanic and Latino-owned brands, and find out how we're creating brighter futures for all at Macy's.com purpose. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. 
I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Go back 20 years and small, colorful iPods and flip phones were all the rage. As these devices became more widespread, many parents wondered, at what age should I buy my child their first phone? Back then, these basic models could text, call, and maybe slowly surf the internet, but they're nothing compared to the smartphones of today. And you can tell from the price tag. A new iPhone 14 Pro Max with all of the bells and whistles will set you back about $1,400. And Apple isn't the only company unveiling their latest smartphone models this season. There's Samsung, Google, and several other big names in the game. In a world where tech is everywhere, it seems like the age at which children are getting their own phones trends younger and younger over time. But how do we decide what's the right age? or how much screen time is okay. It used to be the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended one hour a day of screen time or two hours a day for older kids. But the truth of the matter is nowadays that's actually impossible. Kids are on their computer for school. They're on their computer when they come home for their homework. And that's also how kids are socializing and the pandemic just escalated that. So it's more now about talking about screen free time and how we can build that into our day because screens are just ubiquitous, they're everywhere. That's Katherine Perlman, a licensed clinical social worker and the author of the book, First Phone, A Child's Guide to Digital Responsibility, Safety, and Etiquette. While smartphone use varies country to country, in the U.S., new research has found that by age 11, just over half of all children own a smartphone. The survey, conducted by Common Sense Media, also found that 84% of teenagers ages 13 to 18 have their own phones. Perlman says this decision of when to give a kid a smartphone is up to each parent, but there are some downsides to delaying this purchase until high school. We used to say wait as long as possible, but you know, 13, 14 is actually way too late. First of all, they've already had access on their iPads or their friends' phones by that time. And they're also much less likely to be interested in hearing from their parents or being educated or being monitored at 13 and 14. So I think somewhere between 10, 11, 12 is a great age going into middle school. Some kids, it might make sense for the kid in the family a little earlier. And for some kids, maybe a little later, but around sixth grade is a great time. But with this new device comes power and responsibility. Perlman says it's vital for parents to go in and adjust accessibility settings on kids' phones in order to control what sites and apps can be used, as well as how much time can be spent online or on social media per day. These things are really helpful because, honestly, phones and apps, they're made to draw our attention in. There's so many bells and whistles. There's so many notifications. And so it's really hard to just on our own merit put the phone down and leave it down. So we need those things. And the other thing is to limit notifications. Kids absolutely do not need to be notified when somebody likes something or shares something of their content. 
They don't need to have texts coming through all the time unless it's from the people that you identify as the most important. So even just limiting that, then it means that kids are not just going to be glancing at their phone all day, every day, because they're notified all the time. But maybe they're just doing it when they have a downtime, when they have some free time or it is screen time, then they can go on and look at those things. For example, both iPhones and Android models have options to set precise time limits for certain apps. Parents can go into the phone's settings and set a 30-minute time limit per day for an app like TikTok or Instagram. Once that time has been exceeded, the app is no longer accessible without a passcode to override the lockout. And it's not just about the half hour spent on social media, but it also matters what your kid is looking at during that time. Perlman points out that conversations around social media use and its dangers are extremely important. While TikTok can seem harmless, it can be overwhelming to see so much consumer-focused or artificially curated content. Browse with your kids, see what they're interested in, do it with them, talk to them about likes and shares and comments and how that can go wrong and how our self-value comes from doing other things and have those discussions long before they get their own social media. And then by the time they are 13 and they maybe dabble in one or two, you don't have to give them all. And maybe again, you do it with them and you monitor it with them so that they can build good habits and then you can set them a little bit more free to do as they want when they're 16, 17 years old. Privacy and adult content restrictions are also vital. On an iPhone, a parent can go in and limit TV or movie show viewings to only allow those with specific ratings like G or PG to be shown. This also applies if you want to filter out videos, podcasts, or movies with explicit content. Google's search engine also has similar filtering features. Kids are curious, so it's just natural inclination to just, oh, let me just Google this word I heard that I don't even know what it means, or something silly with my friends. But the problem is sometimes that can bring up something that kids aren't ready for. It could be pornography, it could be upsetting images. And the other thing is kids don't really understand the difference between information that they see that's fact, something that's propaganda, or something that's opinion. And so it's helpful to give kids some guidelines about first of all, being mindful about what you Google. Stop for one second and say, is this something I'm ready for? If you do see something that's upsetting, that say it's okay to talk to a grown-up about it, and as a parent say, I will remain calm. I promise I will not freak out, but you can always come to me and I will help you through that. And I will not shame you or embarrass you for something that is a healthy inclination to be interested in things and to look something up online. This mindset should also go the other way too. If a stranger reaches out online or through text, kids should feel comfortable going to a parent or guardian to get help. This could be more important now than ever before, as text message scams in the U.S. have skyrocketed in recent years, with complaints to the Federal Communications Commission increasing by 146 percent in 2020. We're getting notifications that, you know, UPS needs something or Netflix needs our password, and that's not really coming from those companies. And I think the best way to educate kids is to show them real life examples of these things. So if you get something that looks fishy, show it to your kid and explain, oh, I took a second to look at the, you know, the sender and it's not a real website, so I didn't click on it. Or I know that no one will ever ask me for my password on a text messages, so I knew that that wasn't real. As a parent, it might feel like this is a lot of information to go through verbally with your child. 
But Perlman says it's not a one-and-done conversation, but rather a topic that families can revisit every few months or so. As a child gets older, some phone limits can be taken off, or screen time can be extended. These tips might be directed towards kids and teens, but all of us have to navigate this constantly evolving world of tech. Who knows? Some of these social media time limits may come in handy for you, too. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Katherine Perlman, visit viewpointsradio.org. Also, visit our site to find articles that break down exactly how to set up parental controls on Android phones and iPhones. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. Moments like watching my grandson steal second mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for postmenopausal women or for men with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever chills or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This is Viewpoints Explained. I'm Ebony McMorris. The Middle East country of Iran has been embroiled in major civil unrest for weeks following the death of 22-year-old woman Masa Amini. The Iranian citizen was visiting the country's capital of Tehran on September 13th when she was arrested by the morality police for allegedly wearing her hijab too loosely. Accounts say Amini was beaten and tortured by officers before collapsing into a coma. She died three days later. The news quickly spread and people across the country took to the streets to protest an increasingly repressive and violent Islamic government. Several online videos have shown women rioting and burning their hijabs in protest. Hijabs have long been a part of Islamic culture and tradition. The term itself translates to cover and the wearing of this headpiece represents modesty, privacy and morality. Following the 1979 Islamic Revolution in Iran, all girls and women over the age of nine are required by law to wear a hijab or head covering while out in public. Females are also required to dress modestly and avoid wearing excess makeup. Not abiding by these policies can mean detainment or, in some cases, time spent at an Islamic re-education center. In recent months, there have been reports that the morality police have become increasingly strict and violent towards young women. For thousands, Amini's death was the final straw. Many protesters are now publicly demanding more rights and freedoms and an end to the morality police. 
That's Viewpoints Explained for this week. More in a moment. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. Sports in America are big business. The NFL is back and it's a TV ratings juggernaut. The NBA season is just around the corner and already Twitter users are making memes and ranking players ready for another season to obsess over. But what has happened to the appeal of MLB in America? Baseball is famously known as America's pastime, but it's seemingly at a point where its influence in American culture is basically nil. The sport currently has some of the best players of all time playing the game. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are record-breaking all-time greats, and they play on the same team. Aaron Judge is a marquee star of a marquee franchise, the New York Yankees, and Albert Pujols returned to his former team and hit his 700th home run this year. You would think these major storylines in a sport called America's Pastime would translate into big-time ratings, but, well, that has not been the case. This year's MLB All-Star Game drew the lowest ever TV ratings for the game, and this year's MLB All-Star Game drew the lowest ever TV ratings. This year's nationally televised games on Fox are down 15% from last year, and even last year's ratings weren't exactly stellar. So what's happening? While the NFL and NBA have managed to stay current and cool, with their stars being some of the biggest celebrities of the day, think Tom Brady and LeBron James, MLB has sharply fallen behind the curve. They've tried changing the rules, increasing the pace of play, and more, but at the end of the day, none of it seems to be working. Is the season too long? Is the game simply not exciting enough? No one knows for sure what the problem is, but what we do know is that baseball as an entertainment source in America is faltering, and no one is exactly sure how to stop it. The MLB playoffs are upon us. Now the question is, who will be watching? I'm Evan Rook. Join Macy's and Hispanic Federation to support student growth and mentoring now during Hispanic Heritage Month. Now through October 15th, you can help empower youth through education and training programs when you donate online to Hispanic Federation or round up your Macy's store purchase up to 99 cents and donate the extra change. Give back today, shop Hispanic and Latino-owned brands, and find out how we're creating brighter futures for all at Macy's.com purpose. Ew. Stuck in a cycle of rewashing your clothes? Ugh. Because you can't remove tough laundry odor? Ugh. When detergent by itself can't cut it, use new Downy Rinse and Refresh. With a breakthrough odor-removing formula, it removes odors in one wash, better than the leading value detergent in three washes, keeping all your laundry fresh. Mm. Now you can break the cycle of rewashing <sighs> with Downy Rinse and Refresh. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. 
Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.